You want your five-star matches? You want your 30-minute classics? Not me. Big meaty men slapping me. What is good, ladies and gentlemen? This is another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. I will, I am your host, Randall Beatley, and we're diving right on into this episode. I got a lot to say. So if you recall the last episode that I recorded, I brought on... My brother James, my friend Cody, and we sat and we talked about the AEW situation. I asked them questions, and I only really brought them on to be sort of fair to the situation, me not being the biggest AEW fan. Right? But this episode, this episode is going to be completely different. I'm going to... We're going to talk the same thing. So so before you say, well, we've already covered this, right? I'm going to give my full, honest opinion on this situation based on, you know, my thoughts and things that I've heard, you know, more news coming out. Um, and I'm going to... I'm going just to tell what I believe the truth is, the, my opinion, what what I feel about the company, what I feel about those involved. And so we'll start with this. The last episode I recorded, um, I want to say that was either Monday or Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. Um, I was... And, and really from Sunday when the events happened till Tuesday at that time, you know, I really wanted to blame CM Punk for this issue, right? So, so my questioning I even asked him was sort of really directed at blaming CM Punk. And through listening to other podcasts, through reading things, hearing other people's opinions on the internet of this topic, I've changed my view slightly. Not that I believe CM Punk is guilt-free in this situation. CM Punk is still a narcissistic asshole. But I don't think he's the only one to blame in this situation. So I'm going to go in. I don't know how long this is going to take. This is all this podcast is going to be about, right? If you're coming in expecting, you know, NXT review, you know, any of that, this episode's not for you. The title of this podcast and the entire, it, it, it tells you what we're going to get, right? It tells you what, what you're going to get here, right? That's all we're going to talk about is AEW, what I felt about 
um, what I what I actually feel about that situation now, and and my full uh, my full biased opinion, right? Everyone tries to do podcasts, and everyone's trying to be unbiased, and everyone, you know, they dance these lines because they don't want to offend certain people. Now, fuck that. I don't care, right? I don't want to be a wrestling journalist. I don't. I don't want to be any. I don't want to be Sean Ross Sapp. I don't want to be Meltzer. I don't want to be Alvarez. I don't want to be any of these people because when you get into that situation, when you get into, you know, that. When you get that elevated to where you're seen as a wrestling journalist, you have to sort of walk these lines of what you say and what you don't say, right? Because WWE is not going to let someone in the press conference that they do that hates WWE. AEW is the same way, right? They're not going to allow someone who is anti-AEW to be in these media scrums. And, and, and I want to be able to ask questions that I want to ask, and I want to be able to say what I want to say, even if it's negative towards the product. And so I'm fine doing this podcast, right? Because I don't have to be held accountable to anyone but myself. I don't have to walk no lines. And I can say whatever the fuck I want to say, how I want to say it, when I want to say it. So let me explain how my opinion has changed. Punk is guilty. We'll talk about Punk's involvement in this again here in a minute. But I got to go back in time. Long before this podcast was even created. So I think I mentioned in the first episode that I did a podcast called the Unhinged Wrestling Podcast. And it really didn't get over in the wrestling fandom on Twitter. Um, this was before TikTok was really a thing, and I was on TikTok, and before I got on TikTok, so and I really didn't have no way to market it, so it really didn't take off, um, and I was really just tired of making, um, you know, a podcast. I was worn out by the industry. Um, this may have been towards the beginning of AEW when I first started it. But I said this at the very beginning of, of the creation of AEW. Me, you know, James and Cody, the guys I had on last episode, they ran their own podcast and we used to do like a show together, all three of us. I don't remember whose show was on or what, what, what I can tell you to look up. I don't even know if it's still on the internet. What episode? It's, it was f- three years ago, right? And... I said at the very beginning, so I used to run sort of like a gimmick on my show. So I always played a heel. Um, I was the, the like, Brad Shepard of our little group. And, and I don't hate Brad Shepard, by the way. I actually like, I don't understand why Brad Shepard gets a lot of hate. But I was like the Vince Russo or the Cornette or the Shepard. You know, the, lead, the, the guy that sort of, you know, dogged everything and... Um, the sort of heel group, that sort the heel guy in the group who, you know, just hated everything, right? And a lot of it was my opinion, but it was super exaggerated to play the sort of heel persona. And I had this little thing that I ran where I would always say, like, I guarantee it, right? And it was sort of just a little thing that I did because, you know, that's, that's, it was just a saying that I did. And I really just tried to 
tried to, once it sort of became popular and it got caught out, then I just started doing it more, right? It got caught out by one of my friends, like, why are you always guaranteeing stuff? And it was just something that I did, right? And I said, I guarantee, this is what I, this is what I said, you know, two and a half, three years ago, right as AEW was coming along, I said, I guarantee this, give it two, three, four years, and you're going to have, you know, some of these originals. And and I and and the first person that I brought up was Cody Rhodes. And I was told, oh no, Cody Rhodes would never go back to WWE. Well, who the fuck went back? <laughs> right? I even brought up someone like Hangman Page. Um, right? I said, I guarantee you, some of these originals are gonna jump ship. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been three years. It's been three years for this company. Cody Rhodes is gone. And I think, and this isn't just my opinion. It's the opinion of a lot of others. And hearing them have this same opinion makes me even more confident that other people are seeing what I'm seeing with this company the locker room is split, but not just the locker room. The fandom is split over this one singular issue. So you sort of have your AEW fanboys who everything is Punk's fault, right? Get rid of Punk. The Bucks and Omega did nothing wrong, and they sort of just sit there and they're, you know, they're the, they're the hardcore wrestling fans that. You know, everything was fine before Punk got there. We didn't have these problems before Punk got there. So just get rid of Punk and we'll be fine. And they've chosen to side with the Indie Darlings and Omega and the Bucks. And then you have the people who are siding with Punk. And these people are, you know, the more more casual um, I'll say this, if you watch AEW, I don't really consider you a casual fan, like, if you watch it hardcore, like, every single week, um, because most of, like, the AEW, right, but, but, but people, like, AEW, when they brought in Punk, brought in a whole new audience who did not watch AEW, and they had a very, very, very good opportunity to not only take the lead in terms of ratings, but to just really put on a very good product. Look, as much hate as I give on CM Punk, I don't necessarily think he's over to the super casual fans. Like, I've never been a big fan of CM Punk. I don't get him. I don't get his gimmick. I just don't, right? But, I've, but I think that he, he is the draw for that company. And so, I'm not saying he's completely blameless. But let's look, let's look at the EVPs for a minute. Omega. The Bucks. Adam Page. Right? You go back and you watch Adam Page's promo that Punk brought up about him going into business for himself. And you listen to that promo, 
And, and, and Adam Page said some things that should not have been said. Like, there was no reason for you to say that. And what, I'm, what, what I really feel, and I've, and, and I've sort of felt this since the very beginning, even at the beginning of it where I sort of, my opinion of AEW when it was created and they were, they were announcing all of the signed superstars and they were, you know, starting the show and, and they were giving titles to, to, to the group of friends. And I said, well, this is, I didn't coin this term. This is actually a cornet term, all friends wrestling where, and Apparently, and again, if you don't listen to Jim Cornette's uh, drive-through, his podcast, that's fine. I don't listen to it all the time because I don't have the time to listen to like four to five hour podcast every every day um, or every week when he releases one. But I listened to the one discussing that I really only listened to about half of it. I'm about halfway done. There's another half that I'm trying to figure out where I'm on. I, I got a plan to listen to it. Because I just don't have the motivation a lot of times to listen to podcasts. Um, you know, like, besides doing my own, I don't really like listening to podcasts. Um, the only one I really do enjoy is the Casual Wrestling Community uh, podcast or show by Notorious uh, Nerdy D and Level Up Lauren. Very entertaining. Um, if you're a casual fan... Go listen to their show. It's on YouTube and all the other podcast networks. I'll plug them as much as I want because I really just love their their, their, their product. Um, but I, I just, if you look at what it seems is going on, is that the Young Bucks and Omega um, apparently have always been, like, these super, like, douchey... And you kind of get the vibe, right? They think they're the greatest thing in, in the professional world. And the crowds have told them they're draws because there are some indie darlings who can who can put on, you know, all these matches. But, but, but it looks like in the locker room you have that click, right? When I called Tony Khan a teenager the other day and how he sort of responded at the media scrum and started cussing and all of that... Well, it feels like the locker room's, you know, a bunch of teenagers as well. Because there seems to be cliques. And you're either friends of the Young Bucks or you're not. And if you're friends of the Young Bucks, then then they're going to help you get along faster than if you're not. And it seems to me that Paige, Omega, the Bucks have done everything they possibly can to hurt CM Punk's run in the company. Why? Because CM Punk has done something that no, neither of them, all, of all of the elite, Omega, the Bucks, Adam Page, right? CM Punk has done something none of them can do. And that is move the needle. He's the merchandise leader. He sells the most merch. He, you know, the he, oh, you know, he drew in people to watch the first episode of Rampage. You know, continuously bringing in eyes to the product. 
you know, for the first, you know, two years of the product, they weren't hitting a million, and then Punk gets there, and they're hitting millions, right? How much of Tony Khan's success, and what people like to say that Tony Khan's successful in his first three years in the business with million-dollar gates and million-dollar rating, or million-people ratings, um, how much of that is due to CM Punk being there? Firing CM Punk has always, to me, seemed... Like looking at it from a from a perspective like this, it seems like this click's goal is to try to get Punk out of the way. And part of this click is Meltzer and Alvarez and Sean Ross Sapp in the in the media. Right? And so they've been publishing for the longest time, all this negativity about Punk. Punk has heat in the in the locker room, right? Because they wanted them to hate, they wanted the fans to hate Punk. And the hardcore AEW fans will, all, will do anything for the elite. Right? And so now you sort of have this split, you have the civil war among the fan bases. And I believe this could be the single event that started the downfall of this company. Now, I don't want them to fail. One, it gives me something to talk about. But two, it makes WWE better. Whether or not you consider it competition or not, WWE has, has done better. Yes, I know it's because Triple H is there. But if, if AEW goes away, WWE will get a complacent again. I thoroughly believe that. Right? And you're already having people who realize, you know, the honeymoon phase is over. It's The grass is not greener over here. You know, it, who's going to be the big name that leaves? Who's going to be the big name? You, Malachi Black apparently has been released with some sort of non-compete that's like six months where he can't go to WWE. Which, by the way, y'all thought WWE says, you know, you can't work for 90 days and we'll pay you. Now, I don't know if Tony Khan's going to pay Malachi Black for the six months he can't go to WWE. But that's kind of shitty. It's kind of shitty. Right? You want to hate on WWE for... Uh, we're not just going to release you and, and allow you to go wherever you want immediately, but the punishment or the sort of non-compete for AEW is twice as long as WWE's. Six months? That's crazy, right? Um, but it just seems like like if a Moxley left, if a Daniel Bryan left... Right, that would just send sh- like that. That to me would symbolize the the beginning of the end. Because if you lose a big, you already lost Cody Rhodes, and please do not get this wrong. It connects, right? Brandy and Cody, especially Brandy, have really been posting these cryptic tweets about you know we told you, you know we told you this was coming, and now it's coming to light, 
that this that this had to be the, the you know there was that, those rumors that like Cody had heat with the with the EVPs and I wonder if that this was the same strategy of the Bucks and Omega and and Page that you know you, you you're going to butt heads with us so we're going to have our buddies in the media cover you negatively right and I think that's why Cody Rhodes left he saw where this was headed and he left and I bet he laughed his ass off and has been laughing his ass off watching all of this unfold I've always thought from the beginning Cody Rhodes would not stay a part of the group I always I always thought that he what he saw was a young money money having fan Tony Khan who was able to to build this brand for him and to finance this brand and then he saw the, like the bucks and all of them as you know these indie darlings that he can hook his his name upon and get over and and he he did exactly what I thought he was going to do he was going to build his name on the indie scene he was going to you know he started AEW and then as soon as you know he had that press where he could go back to WWE say look at what I did on the indies I don't have to re-sign with you, but I could do whatever I want to do on the indies. But my goal is to do what my what my dad had stolen from him, and that is to win the t- world title. And I think when he comes back, that is what they're going to do for him. They're going to give him that strap. And, 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 and I have a way that I think we could split the belts to continue Roman's reign, give Seth the other belt, and then have him feud with Seth when he comes back at Rumble. If he comes back at Rumble and wins the Rumble, and have him start feuding with Seth again, and that is how he wins the world title, right? And so, like, I'm not saying CM Punk is, you know, not guilty. He should not have reacted the way that he did. I think that's something you take up backstage, behind the scenes. And you figure it out, right? You don't really come out and do these little press conferences and just spew your your, your hatred. But I get it. Because it seems like there's a click. And so how much of this is on the box and Omega and the click? And then the rest of the locker room for seeing that there's a click and not saying nothing about, hey, we got to be united. But I'm always going to come back to this point. Ultimately, this falls on Tony Khan. All of my sort of critiques of Tony Khan is that he's unprofessional. He's a kid with money who's playing uh, SmackDown versus Raw GM mode. And he's a kid who has all this money, who who can buy all these new toys. But see, the problem with that is that when you're a kid, or when you're playing a video game, per- chemistry doesn't matter. And, 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 and you, right, your toys don't have to like each other. But when you're running an actual business, you need to have some sort of chemistry. You need to have some sort of co- um, team camaraderie. That, hey, we're on the same team here. And you don't have to like everyone. CM Punk's not required to like everyone that he works with. But you have to be able to sort of work together. 
and not have these things sort of just spill out. And no one meshes together. There's no chemistry in this roster. It's just Tony Khan picking and random indie darlings and, 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 and dream matches that he wants to see, and it does not work in the long term because you have no chemistry on the roster. And so, no, I'm not surprised that something like this happens because Punk is very open with his opinions. And he's, he, 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 he has the I-don't-give-a-shit mentality of, you know, I'm going to say what I want to say, when I want to say it, how I want to say it. And, and I love that, because I'm the same way. But the Bucks and this clique and the Elite and, you know, Omega and, 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 and Paige, they, they, they seem to have this, you know, we're just going to, you know, we got the position of power as EVPs, so we're just going to get in Tony's ear, and Tony's going to do whatever we want to do. And they were a little bit upset because Colt Cabana got fired or not renewed or whatever the situation is. But is that Punk's fault? Punk had nothing to do with this guy for the last 10 years. Like, I understand where Punk came from having to clear the air out. Right? I, I, I was, from the jump, I said, you know what, this could be a work. Or at least a work to shoot. I don't think that anymore. I think this was complete shoot. I think Punk was just pissed off. And this was his opportunity to, to, to spew. Um, but, but Adam Page didn't have to bring up Cabana. Punk had nothing to do with them for like the last 10 years. Right? And it was something that, you know, if you want to hash that out backstage, be my guest. But it wasn't something that Page had to go on national TV and bring up. And Punk had every right, every right to, to, to come out. Now, I don't think he said it th the best way. Just because you have the right to do it. Like, Punk had every right to go and defend himself. But I, I don't think he did it in the right place. I think that's a, hey, Tony, we got to grab the EVPs in the office, and I'm going to come in there, and we're going to hash this out with you. Right? But Punk chose the wrong way to do it. But he had every right to do it. Um, and like some of the phrases, like calling Adam Page like a, a an airheaded fuck. I love terms like that. That's creative. I love that. Give me more of that. That's a that's a good insult. Cause I've never been a fan of Adam Page. I've saw no, nothing about Hangman that really has gotten me over. It just seems like you're in, you're part of the Bullet Club because you're friends of of Kenny. And, and, and the Bucks, and you're part of AEW because you're. It always seems like he was playing like fourth wheel, right? Excalibur, Excalibur is another one that you know the Bucks knew, met, and became friends with in PWG, and it feels like he only has his job because he's friends of the Bucks, and that the Bucks and Omega that they sort of just go to Tony and say, you know, our friends treat them right because they're part of the group, and Tony is. I got some things to say about Tony, as I always do. But it just—it seems to me that while I used to wanted to say this punk did this wrong, and the other guys really didn't deserve it, they deserve it. Because it does seem like there's that click mentality, that if you're our friend, you'll stay here, because right? And and it seems like the people in the locker room who aren't friends with the Bucks and Omega. They just sort of, you know, get left behind. 
right? And so, ultimately, though, ultimately, this all falls on Tony Khan. And this is why I bring up professionalism. Because let me tell you how this would have gone if Vince McMahon or Triple H was the owner or CEO of AEW. Because they had authority. Whether or not, you know, I'm sure Triple H was, like, he has his guys, and he has, like, I'm sure he's friends, and, and, and they go out and have a great time together as co-workers, and, and, but I think that Triple H is smart enough in the business and respected enough in the business and professional enough in the business that he is, he, that people know that there's that line. That people know that there's that line that you cannot cross with Triple H or with Stephanie or with Nick Khan, that there is that level of authority, right? When Vince McMahon was there, no one would have said this in front of Vince McMahon because this is how it would have happened, right? The media scrum would have ended, Punk would have walked out, and Punk would have been fired in public during the media scrum. As he was walking out, he would have been handed his paint slip, right? And then when he gets the report that, hey, Punk and, and Ace Steel, which who the fuck is that motherfucker? Right? Ace Steel and, and Punk and Omega and the Young Bucks, they're, they're all fighting backstage. Physical altercation. There would have been, there would not have been 72 hours and then we're going to announce suspensions. Now, it would have been, you're all fired, get the fuck out of my company. I don't want you here. Say what you want about Vince McMahon. I think he's an asshole of a person. But the dude had respect. And the dude had authority. And, and people knew there was just things you just didn't do. Because it was Vince McMahon. And I think the same goes for Triple H. That people just see Vince McMahon and they respect Vince McMahon because, like, so when I bring up the professionalism of Tony Khan, it isn't that I don't think he can't say the word fuck, because I say it all the time. Yes, Gary V says it, but I guarantee you, like, my brother brought up Gary V. I guarantee you during board meetings or when Gary V sees an employee that works for him, that they have some sort of respect for him. And that, right? And if they don't, then Gary V needs to change. Or, 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 I don't know the dynamic of their their workplace, but I guarantee you this: no one walks into Stamford, Connecticut, and does business the way Adam Page did business, because he would have been fired. See, Page would have been fired the night he went off script. And, and went into business for himself. He would have been fired that day, that night, that episode. Before the episode of Raw or SmackDown would have ended, he would have gone behind the curtain. Vince McMahon would have fired his ass as soon as he got into Gorilla. I guarantee it. There I go again saying I guarantee it. I guarantee, I, I, I'm a thousand percent certain Vince McMahon would have fired Adam Page the night the promo was given. But, but also, this goes back to my point, that's why Vince McMahon scripted promos. So that these things didn't happen. Now, even Triple H is giving some sort of freedom of what can, can be said and what can't be said. But, but you still got to follow the script. And, and people respect that there. 
You can't just be given complete freedom to say whatever you want to say because then people can go rogue. So ultimately, we can argue about whether this is the elite's fault, whether this is punk's fault, but at the end of the day, this all falls back on the shoulders of Tony Khan. Because no one, I, no one respects him. The Bucks are using him. If, you'd have not, if you're not seeing this yet, I saw this three years ago. The Bucks are using Tony Khan. Omega is using Tony Khan. Adam Page is using Tony Khan for his money. They see a guy who's willing to shill out money for this company so that they could sort of be the superstars they thought they were in their dreams and they, they can sort of you know create their own promotion and, and have their own little party with their, their elite c- click and Tony Khan will pay for it and because they're not draws in this market and that's going to piss some people. And, and, and so when they see a draw like CM Punk come in, they get pissed off. They get scared because that's the politics of the business. So I, 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 said, CM, I said in the last episode that CM Punk sort of reminded me of Hulk Hogan. But the elite sort of remind me of the NWO, including Hogan. Like I, I kind of want to take back that comparison for Punk as Hogan. I think he ha- has traits... Like what Cody and what my brother said about Punk makes sense. And now looking back at it, it seems like Omega and the Bucks are the NWO. They're the Halls, Nashes, and Hogans who want to play politics, right? And while CM, CM Punk's willing to air his stuff out publicly, and then the EVPs just sit back there and be little bitches and cry babies and cry to, cry to Tony Khan because he's got the money and they can sort of get in his ear and then, right? And it's because no one is, like, Tony Khan has not stood up for himself and for his company. So no one respects him there. And so now they think I can do whatever the hell I want. And then you have the EVPs. And the EVPs aren't going to say anything to Adam Page because Adam Page is part of the clique. And I'm sure they thought it was funny because, you know, CM Punk threatened their existence. If AEW was smart, CM Punk would be the main draw. The only other guy I think that can outdraw him in that company is MJF, and he just returned. And he seems pissed off. Now, I don't know if he's sort of, you know, that, that's sort of his gimmick or whatnot, but who knows, come 2024, if CM, or excuse me, if, if MJF leaves. Like, my question is, there's going to be a big name, whether it's Danielson, Miro, MJF, there's going to be some sort of big name that that jumps ship. Says you know I've had enough of the shit. I'm gonna go. Ba- I'm gonna go to WWE, where I may have to follow a little bit more strictness in terms of what I do, and, and it's going to be a little bit more choreographed and scripted. But I'm not gonna have to worry about the EVPs and other talent fighting every week. It's a circus. It's a joke. It's laughable to see this company do this. And, and, and this is why I talk about Tony Khan so much and his lack of professionalism. And I'll sort of end it and, and sort of show you what I'm talking about. And I don't know if I'll end this. Wherever the conversation leads for as long as this is. For as long as this goes. But let me, get, let me prove to you what I'm talking about. 
Dynamite. Now, I didn't watch Dynamite, but I got some numbers that interest me. I got some numbers that interest me here. I know AEW, you know, the numbers came out on Thursday, and they sort of averaged like 1 million. Uh, let me actually read the text my brother sent to our group chat um, about, he posted the numbers. Um, let me find it. Um... Where did it go? Right here. So Dynamite sort of averaged 1.035 million viewers for their episode. But I need you to understand that they could have had more. They started the night with 1.22 million people. I'm not going to say this with full guarantee because I don't know this. But that could that could be their largest audience. Had had those people stayed the whole show and you know your numbers came out and you you had 1.2 million listed on the on the on the ratings. That may have been your biggest audience in a long 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 time for Dynamite. But listen like so the start of the show at 1.2 million at the main event. Now this is broken down. This graph that I'm looking at is broken down um, among the segments. Right? So the start of the show, um, Tony Khan, MJF, and Moxley's promo, 1.2 million. Um, the next match, the Death Triangle match, now you're down to 1.1. The last seven minutes of the trio match, Dark Order, Andrade, and Rush, a commercial, Brit, Jamie Hayter video, and Penelope Ford versus Tony Storm, 1.0 million. Well, so about 1.08 million. The last five minutes of the Ford Storm match, Angela Parker, um, Hook, Acclaimed, Swerve. Now you're down to 989,000. Wardlow and Tony Nese, Allen, Brian Danielson. You go up a little bit to 998,000. Danielson versus Page. Um... Continued, 984,000, the ending of Danielson Page, Jungle Boy, Stokely Hathaway, 959,000, and then the main event, 808, you ended the night with 881,000 viewers, so you lost four 100,000 viewers in two hours. Which tells me that you only started with 1.2 because you had the entire world that watches wrestling in America for the most part, right? You had you had your normal audience and you had people from maybe who watch WWE or people, right? You had people tuned in waiting to see what is announced. Right, 
And instead, right, and Tony Khan, first off, pulls a bitch move and does a pre-recorded video segment. Now, now, to the AEW hardcore fans, why is this a bitch move? They may not understand it. You know why he did a pre-recorded video? He is not willing to be booed. I don't think Tony Khan can take it. People don't realize Tony Khan's going to get booed. From at least half of the fan base. Because right now he's suspended the EVPs. We don't really know the decision of what he made with Punk. But let me tell you something. Tony Khan's going to get booed for this decision. Either the, the, the hardcore sort of indie darling side of the fan base. They're pissed off because the, uh, the elite got suspended. Or especially if they fire CM Punk. Which I ultimately think is going to be what happens. Because I think the EVPs are going to be in his ear. Look, this is not acceptable. I'm not going to come back. Blah, blah, blah. And so I think I think ultimately CM Punk's going to get fired. And the CM Punk fans, the people who started watching wrestling again, or the people who started watching AEW, first off, there's a consequence to firing CM Punk as your number one draw. He's your number one draw whether or not you want to believe it or not. Right? And firing him will get you booed. Tony Khan's going to get booed. People are going to literally hate Tony Khan for firing CM Punk. Tony Khan's going to have to take it. Anytime he comes live to the arena in any physical, whether it's on show or whether it's, you know, a lot of times he'll come out before the show goes live and, and thank the fans for showing up. He's going to get booed and he's going to have to eat it. He's going to have to eat some shit here. And he should. It's his company. Right? Because let me t- let me tell you, and I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it. If if this was Vince McMahon, if this was if this happened in WWE, Vince McMahon would have come out in character and would have taken the booze and would have would have done whatever his decision was, he would have taken the booze. But Tony Khan becomes a little bitch like we knew he was, sits in the back. There's a pre-recorded video where he all he really states is, well, I stripped the, t- the trios in the world title and we're going to crown a new trios champion and we're going to do this tournament and then, then that's it. That's <laughs> And then the rest of the show, well, the MJF and the Moxley promo was probably the best moment of the night. Um... And then people started turning the TV off. And Tony Khan did the most Tony Khan thing ever. And he got the most Tony Khan result as a result. Instead of, you know, understanding that he had 1.2 million people watching his show. And, and, and putting on something that would attract them. Now, I'm going to tell you what I would have done. But instead of that, he ends the show in the main event with the ROH Pure Championship. A match that any casual fan would not give two fucks about. And it's the reason why it's the lowest rated segment. Because Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Uter 
I do this every time. Wheeler, Yuta, no matter how good in the ring they are, no one gives a fuck about them, especially when it's for a mid-card title for a company we haven't seen on TV once since Tony Khan really, you know, bought... Like, we haven't seen an ROH show, and I'm no, I know they're in a work for it, and I know they've done a pay-per-view, but who cares about the pure championship? Who cares? Tony Khan did the most Tony Khan thing, and he booked his entire show for his hardcore fans. And in the result, you see it in the numbers that I just read to you, the fans that came in to see what would happen because of Punk all started to click. I know I did. The only thing I watched of Dynamite was the video, the Moxley, and the MJF promo. Let's just be honest. Without Moxley's promo, that, that show was ass. Let's just be honest. But the AEW fan base is like, oh, we put on a good show. No, you didn't. Because Tony Khan decided to be a little bitch, to be a little puss bag, sit backstage, and continue to give the same crap that he's been giving, hoping that the fan base would forget about the shit going on backstage. You know what I would have done if I was Tony Khan? I would have been there live. I would have come rushing out to the ring as soon as the pyro went off. Like, while pyro's going off, right, I would have rushed out to the ring, whoever was talking on commentary, you know, welcome to AEW Dynamite, live from blah, 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 wherever, right? I would have had them start that, I would have had Tony, I would have rushed out to the ring, I would have looked, as I was passing the commentary desk, I would have looked at him and say, shut the hell up, I mean business, I would have gone to the ring, and I would have said, I know you guys saw the, 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 the disrespect that I took as the owner and CEO of this company on Sunday, and I'm really not going to stand up for this. So, as owner and CEO of this company, I'm going to stand up and say this, Punk, you're fired. Bucks, Omega, Ace Steel, Page, you're all fired. I would have fired all of them on spot. And I would have said this, we're crowning two new champions tonight. The entire show would have been you would have the first match would have been the trios title and the entire show would have been the tournament after that. I would have this my promo would have been you know what because I have immature ass wipes that work for me. I have to change the entire show and take away time from Garcia and Wheeler Yuta. And their match isn't going to happen. But we're not leaving this building until we have a new trios champion and a new world champion. I would have done the trios match just to get it out of the way. You could have had the same two teams fight the same result. That's fine. But we're doing that entire tournament. And MJF is leaving that building as the champion. I don't care how you got to do it, who wins the tournament, but MJF cashes in that little poker chip and you're leaving the building with MJF as world champion because that's all people tuned in to see what's going to happen with the championship and then they clicked off you may not have kept all of them 
but I guarantee you, you wouldn't have lost 400,000 people by the end of the show. And then you wake up the next morning on Thursday morning and you say, well, I don't know what the hell we're going to do now, but we're going to figure it out before next, <laughs> before next uh, Wednesday. And then what I would have done is I would have said, no one else on this call, no one else in the company deserves any time on Rampage. So the entire Friday show is going to be Yuta and um, uh, Daniel Garcia. And they'll do an hour-long match. And that's it. And walk away. I don't know. I don't really know how you book that match. You could save it for next week. I don't know how you do Rampage. But I would have been, if I was Tony Khan, I would have gone out there and I would have said, I'm pissed off. I have immature employees. All five of those, six of them involved in the fight are fired. And I would have manned up, grabbed, grew some balls. And 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 you and left that arena that night with a new world champion as MJF and you'll plan for the future the next night the next morning. But at least your company now respects you. Or at least you're sort of starting to get some because what is what does EVP suspended mean? Do they lose their their titles? Or are they still in your ear, Tony? And this is just some this is just you trying to sort of brush this over. Because I think Punk gets fired. Either way, Tony Khan, be a man. Grow the fuck up. Fire the Bucks and Omega and Paige. Because they're the ones that started this shit. And, and Punk was wrong with the way that he did what he did. But that's nothing new. We knew that was the kind of Punk that we got. We always get that kind of CM Punk. But this is your company, Tony. How long do you act like it? Because it seems to me like the, the, the elite are running the show. And your, your name is just the, the, the name on the checks. And whatever they want is what happens. They pushed out Cody Rhodes. It looks like they're trying to push out Punk. And I think this is the perfect opportunity. Because I think AEW is going to suffer for some time. And I think this is the perfect opportunity for Triple H to strike. And it may take a month before he does it. But I think at Extreme Rules, live in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, home of Extreme, I think we get Extreme. More than Extreme Rules has ever been extremed in the last few years. I don't think we'll see a lot of blood. I don't. But I think Triple H goes really, really hard and tries to steal some of the fan base from AEW that likes that style of wrestling. And I think we'll see a hard, like we'll see some hard-hitting, extreme-style matches. I really think that's what's going to Triple H seems like the guy that when he smells blood in the water, 
he's going to put away whatever's dying. Right, Vince McMahon didn't see AEW as competition, and so he just let them float there, and eventually they healed themselves. Triple H is not that guy. Triple H is the guy that he's a shark. Right, He's a shark. He smells blood in the water, and he's going to attack. Now, let's just say Punk gets fired. Let's say Punk gets fired, even if he has to wait some time before he can go back. Could you imagine CM Punk showing up at WWE? At Royal Rumble? Could you imagine that? Holy fuck, I would do I would so do it. Even if it was like a one-night thing. Right? Maybe like to start the show in San Antonio. Like start the show in San Antonio at Royal Rumble. Um, and just have... CM Punk come out with cult of personality and just give him 10 minutes to pipe bomb. Complete shoot on AEW. And I would smile the entire fucking time. And then say, I'm not coming back, but I got some shit I gotta say. Say it, leave. And if he retires from the industry, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. But I would love for him to go out that way. I would love for him to go out that way. I would love it so much. That would be... That would be great. (laughs) Oh, boy. I just... I know we want to place blame on Punk or or the Elite. And that's the easy way. It's Tony Khan's company. He should be have some fault put on him. I just, I don't understand. I I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I've thought it and I've told it to my friends. I believe that there are fans of AEW who no matter what Tony Khan does will always protect and defend Tony Khan. Even if, like, if it could be released that Tony Khan and his family are like, and, and I hate to bring this example because it's super extreme, and, and by the way, like I don't think this is a real thing. But what if it was revealed that they're like linked to like Al Qaeda? And I know you're like, oh, you chose that example because you're racist and they're Pakistani. It's a legitimate thing that could happen. Like, what if t- Shad Khan and Tony Khan are funneling money to Al Qaeda? Would AEW fans like? S- physically still support I think there will be some that would still be sucking Tony's dick but let's get less extreme on that front because I don't think that's real honestly I don't think that's real but what if it did come out what or what if it came out that like Tony Khan was like smuggling in drugs from the Middle East home of opium and that's where he's getting his cocaine from again I don't know if he's a cokehead but the motherfucker sure acts like it I've been around enough enough druggies working restaurants. I know what a druggie looks like. He like there was literally a guy. Names don't matter. Where I worked at don't matter. But I worked with a guy. I don't know what drug he was on. But when I say he was slumped 
over the sink. We had him doing dishes because that was the only thing he was physically able to do. He was so high. And he was slumped. Now, I think that guy was on was, was just smoked too much marijuana. I had another guy who was doing some hard shit. I know, like, like, and he was running around, talking off fast, wasn't blinking. Like, I've, I know what a druggie looks like. I've been around enough of them to know what it looks like. <laughs> Tony Khan. I, I, I'm not going to say with a thousand percent certainty, but I'm at least 85% certain that Tony Khan's doing pixie dust, hanging out with Hunter Biden. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. But he's doing something. Because his entire rant when he when he went on about, you know, I I feel like I feel like Jim Crockett and 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 I'm not gonna stand. I'm not gonna take this shit. He blinked once, and it was at the very beginning of the rant, like three seconds in, and then the rest of of his rant, he didn't blink one time. I don't, I don't know how, like someone said, well, maybe he was just so pumped up on adrenaline while he was, so either, either he's never, you know, given a speech like that and he got super excited and, and that's why he was full of adrenaline or he's snorting cocaine. That one seems a little bit more, you know, and again, I don't care if he does it or not. That's his prerogative. But the dude just like. He doesn't come off to me as someone that the locker room respects. And this is why this shit is happening. You have to blame Tony Khan, ultimately. You have to blame Tony Khan, ultimately. You, you have to. This I'm not saying this because I hate him. Because I really don't hate him. I want him to succeed. I want his business to succeed. But when I see shitty business, I'm going to call out shitty business. And Tony Khan... Your business is full of shit. And you can't run it. When I say that Tony Khan needs to take a step back and just sign the checks and hire a booking team, I shouldn't have AEW blowhards saying, well, Tony Khan's done a good enough job in the first three years having multi- of multiple events that get million dollar gates or multiple events you know that have millions of viewers well is that Tony Khan or is that the fact that you know CM Punk is back or the fact that hardcore fans watch wrestling because wrestling's in the marquee it doesn't matter who's booking the show right Tony Khan's been successful Somewhat. But the dude has has no like experience in the business. And all he's giving for his show is dream matches and an indie darling niche market things that hardcore wrestling fans would like. And it's a turnoff to everyone else that watches wrestling. 
But meanwhile, Triple H, since taking over, consistently gets better in the ratings. And Tony Khan's going to sit here and brag because they hit a million three weeks in a row. Well, you only hit a million this week, my guy, because people tuned in for the first 10 minutes, 20 minutes to see what the fuck you were going to do with Punk and the Bucks. And what you should have done is fired all six of their asses live on TV. But you're too much of a puss. And I know where this is going. Punk will get fired. Ace Steel will get fired. And the Bucks and Omega and Page will be back in six to eight months when they're unsuspended. And they'll show up at the next pay-per-view. And everything will seem fine and dandy. But I'm telling you, if, if Punk's the only one fired in this situation, consequences will come out of it. Tony Khan will get booed. Omega will get booed. The Bucks will get booed. Page will get booed. And let's just be honest... Over what? Right? Over what? This didn't need to happen. If Adam Page would have shut his fucking mouth, if the Bucks would, you know, stop talking shit, like, you're the reason Colt Cobana. Now, Colt Cobana didn't get renewed or Colt Cobana got fired because he's not good. He's not good. He is no better than your local indie star that just started training. He's a goofy guy. He wasn't moving the 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 needle. What was his like? He was paired with Dork Order, and he was sort of the comedy gimmick, and no one cared about him. There was no like no one. He was not needed on the show. That's why he left. That's or that's why he got fired or, or not renewed because he wasn't needed. And let's just say he was, you know, removed because Punk came in on the condition that Colt Cobana couldn't work there. Well, Young Bucks, that's best fucking business. Because CM Punk moves needles. Sorry, you don't like it. Here's the fucking door. You can leave. But no, Tony Khan's going to push bag around and allow this shit to happen. It's a fucking circus, and they're led by the biggest fucking clown. And as much as I want them to succeed, I don't know how much longer they're going to go. I just don't. Because there's division in the locker room. The fans are confused as fuck. Like, how the, the... So MJF comes out, gives a promo saying, I got this poker chip, but I don't know who the fuck I'm giving this promo to. I don't know who I'm supposed to hate on. I don't know who I'm supposed to, you know... Say I'm going to cash in on because I don't have a fucking world champion. And then you have like no direct, like you, at least you could have, you know, done the show the way I said it should have been done. The the way I told you I would have done it. And MJF could have come out and said, you know, we're doing this tournament and it's happening tonight and you better watch out. Because here in Buffalo, I become world champion. Because I'm going to cash in. Whoever wins that match, don't get too comfortable. Because I'm coming after you. You could have had something like that to give him some sort of credibility. And how are the fans supposed to fucking react to Hangman Page? When CM Punk, the, 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 
And the only thing memorable about the fucking night for AEW is CM Punk tearing down the elite and tearing down Adam Page. Like, how the fuck are you supposed to take him serious now when he just got shooted on by CM Punk? (laughs) Tony, like, control your fucking company. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Is Tony Khan wants to be best friends. Tony Khan wants to, you know, be part of the group. Tony Khan wants to see these dream matches. Meanwhile, your company is on fucking fire. Your number one draw is, you know, shooting on the rest of your talent. Because they can't shut their fucking mouth. And they bring up shit. Who knows what was said backstage. But it should have been said backstage. And it should have stayed backstage. And it shouldn't have to end like a bunch of high schoolers in a physical fucking altercation. You're fucking grown adults. But it doesn't fucking surprise me. Because of the fucking Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. And their power sort of being nipped at. I'm more so inclined to believe CM Punk's side of the story and that they barged in and kicked open his door and he was defending himself. Because that seems like what something the Young Bucks would do. I don't know what the fuck happened, nor do I fucking care. I don't care how, if the Bucks were correct or if Punk is correct or neither of them are correct. All I know is this situation should have been nipped in the butt by Tony Khan months ago. I'm pretty sure the promo from Paige was before Double or Nothing. This should have been this should have been nipped in the bud with Adam Page getting fired, or at least reprimanded, and Tony Khan sort of getting some sort of respect in the locker room, growing some sort of pe- balls. But no, he doesn't do anything here because the Young Bucks probably saved Adam Page's ass. And now you see it fucking explode. And fans like me, who I don't care if AEW survives or not. I think AEW being around creates a better product for WWE. But WWE's not going under anytime soon. I'm still going to have wrestling to watch. I don't care. Because all I really watch anyway is WWE. So I'm not a fan of the product. So I don't care if it goes away. I don't. But Tony, come on, man. Protect your business. At least for the sake that it you're using your father's money. Come on, Tony. Like, I wouldn't borrow billions of dollars from my family. from my da- Like, let's just say my dad was Shad Khan. Let's say I'm Anthony Khan. And I borrowed billions of dollars to sign all this talent and to create all this... This big-ass company, hardly ever making profit. And I'm not going to protect it? That's irresponsible. At some point, if I'm shad, I'm saying, Tony, no more fucking money until you make a profit. Like... Someone has to step up and take leadership. But I feel like no, none of the people in power are respected. 
Because the people in power are the workers. Like, I predicted this three years ago, that the, the, that this was all Friends Club and it's going to cause drift eventually. And I think Moxley's going to be the big name. I think at some point, Moxley's going to get sick and tired of coming, of being the guy that AEW puts the company on his shoulders every time something happens with the EVPs and he's going to get fucking tired of it and he's just going to walk. And I think he'll walk straight back to WWE. And I think the first storyline we get into is John Moxley as John Moxley versus Rollins and Reigns. And maybe he'll go back as Dean Ambrose. Who knows? But I think Triple H books books that match because the match we've all been wanting was all three three of them in a triple threat together. I don't know. I think we may have gotten it once. But imagine Moxley like shows up and holy shit. Now we get a triple threat with Rollins, Reigns, and, and Dean Ambrose. I think Moxley or Danielson is going to be the big name that leaves. Cody, I think, started it. I think MJF leaves as well. I think a lot of them are just sick and tired of it. Because they realize the grass is not greener over here. Because it's run by a... It's a fucking circus run by the biggest clown of them all. All right. We'll end it there. But seriously, uh, last last comment. Tony Khan, you have to get some sort of control. You have to be respected. And if you can't do it, your company is going to fail. Because there's already division. There's already a civil war in the locker room, in the fan base. And you, you got to take some sort of control. You can't let the inmates run the asylum. And it seems like that's what's happening. You can't let the cliques take over, right? This isn't high school. This is grown adult shit. This is your company, your future. You've put millions of dollars into a video game that hasn't been released yet. You're, you're using millions of dollars of your father's money. I would at least protect it just a little bit just for that. But it just seems like you're just having a grand old time doing whatever the hell you want to do, booking the matches you want to see. And at the end of the day, Tony, the only person I'm going to compare you to is Ted Turner. You want to be compared to someone so bad, Tony, if you continue the way you are, you're going to be Herb Abrams. You're going to be Ted Turner. Just another guy. You're going to be Crockett. You'll finally be able to be compared to Crockett. You're just going to be another guy in the long list of people who tried to beat Vince McMahon only to come up short 
and have your company die. And I'll end it there. Let me know what you guys think. You can always find me on Twitter at we2deep413. That's we2deep413. W-E-T-O-O-D-E-E-P-413. That's my TikTok and my Twitter. You can comment, DM, like, subscribe, follow, whatever the hell you want to do. But this has been another episode of the Slappin' Mead Wrestling Podcast. I'm Randall Beatley, your host. It's been a pleasure. I know this went long. I know this is a rant. I meant every word I said. I thank you all for listening. Again, I want your feedback. Let me know what you think. And I will see you on the next episode.